0: Welcome to eight Minutes, a new podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm your host Paul Schuster, and today we're discussing how corporations are reducing the emissions from their supply chains. While a lot of companies are setting goals and ambitions to reduce their own direct energy use and carbon footprints, the supply chain can play an outsized part in the total emissions required to get a product or service to market. What, and how, are companies addressing this major class? Eight minutes. It's about how long it takes for the sun's rays to hit planet Earth, or how long I need to cook a Totino's pizza roll. Let's get it on. Sustainability is a big buzzword these days. Especially among corporations that are looking to boost their ESG street cred. Take a glance through any gaggle of press releases and you'll see emissions reduction goals and carbon net zero aspirations all over the place. The World Wildlife Fund indicates that 60% of the Fortune 500 have publicly set a climate or energy related goal. Some of those goals sound fairly ambitious. The RE100, for instance, is a group where member companies pledge to purchase 100% of their energy from renewable resources. And the RE100 now has over 349 members that consume, in total, more power than the entirety of the United Kingdom. But as great as those numbers sound, they represent only a small fraction of the total impact that those companies have on climate and emissions. Those commitments... That dominate the media and the attention really only track against the energy that a company uses directly to produce their product or service in climate talk these are scope one and scope two emissions scope one are the emissions created in directly making a product like an industrial furnace or something like that in scope two are the emissions created from the indirect purchase of energy to support the company like the firm's electricity those commitments to purchase renewable energy, those only affect Scope 2 accounting. But there's another big contributor to corporate emissions called Scope 3. And these are the emissions created from the value chain of getting that product to market, both in the supply chain as well as in delivery and in customer usage. It kind of covers everything else in the life cycle of the product that isn't Scope 1 or Scope 2. Everything from parts production to delivery to whether one refrigerator uses less power than another one at the home. Walmart estimates that a full 90% of their corporate emissions are tied up in scope three. So that means that all of those great ESG reports and RE100 pledges, hey, those are great, but the real nut to crack, it's going to have to be in that supply chain. And that gets tough. Companies have felt comfortable setting targets for the things that they can control you know, Scope 1 or Scope 2, but pushing on the supply chain, that can get dicey, and many companies have, to be blunt, punted on this side of the ledger. But some are taking action, and we're going to dive into how and where companies can take meaningful control over their supply chain emissions. For now, most discussions around Scope 3 begin and end with how difficult it is to even understand what the magnitude of the challenge really is. One global parts manufacturing company estimates that 70% of their top 100 suppliers don't even know how to track their own emissions, much less how to start to reduce them. The first challenge for Scope 3, then, is an accounting and a reporting one. And this is where the lion's share of activity has really occurred, with multiple big corporates leaning in on providing the advice, software, and capacity building that smaller companies need to get a handle on greenhouse gas reporting. Uh, this isn't completely altruistic either. In March, the SEC proposed a new rule that requires the largest of companies to start reporting on their Scope 3 emissions. So yeah, this is going to be a big challenge for everyone. Sensing opportunity, multiple accounting and reporting companies have dived into the space. They include big accounting firms like PwC or Deloitte, but also software startups like Persephone, which just raised $114 million for their carbon management platform, or Acclimate, based out in Colorado. The Greenhouse Gas Protocol and World Resources Institute, they offer a free screening tool for those companies that just want a quick snapshot of where they're at. But reporting and accounting only goes so far. Actual scope 3 reductions are the next step, and they really challenge a sustainability officer to think outside of the box. At the one end is a reshuffling of procurement and logistics options purchasing services and materials from suppliers who are already committed to climate action, or shifting to closer, more localized supply and cutting down on the freight distances. Change in procurement patterns can be a huge undertaking, but it can also be one of the few things that a company can do directly to affect Scope 3. At some point, companies will need to engage with their supply base, though, to enact real change. Some companies, like Walmart are out in front by inviting suppliers to self-limit their emissions. You may have heard of the Project Gigaton effort that Walmart launched back in 2017. They want suppliers to reduce emissions by 1 million tons by 2030 through kind of a voluntary effort. But I mean, they're Walmart, so they've gotten a ton of their suppliers on board already and are already 57% of the way there. Other companies can follow suit and raise expectations for their suppliers to participate in emissions reductions or or other programs, but not everyone has the behemoth leverage that Walmart enjoys. Companies should still push those emissions goals, though. Cisco, for instance, they now embed KPIs into their supplier management process in order to align their suppliers with their company's net zero targets. And Cisco holds those suppliers accountable through data reporting and disclosure requirements, as well as third party verification. Another step is to provide the capacity building to smaller businesses to account for and reduce those greenhouse gases. This can be through convening roundtables or webinars, aligning with experts or consultants, or by providing direct advisory assistance to key suppliers. Beyond those activities, Some companies are innovating unique financing models that can help smaller businesses shift to cleaner resources at scale. For instance, Walmart. Again, they partnered with Schneider Electric to offer a program where the retailer would purchase large quantities of renewable energy under a power purchase agreement, and then sell smaller blocks of that energy off to their individual suppliers. Walmart essentially provides a credit guarantee, and the necessary size to help smaller companies get access to low cost clean power that would otherwise be out of reach. And to take that a step further, we can foresee a next step being that corporates will offer the direct financing for energy efficiency, onsite solar, EV charging, all wrapped under an as a service financing package, where the supplier can leverage a larger corporate customer's financing to lower energy costs and emissions, while also providing that company a return on the invested capital. These activities, from supporting accounting and reporting, setting clear objectives for suppliers, through to providing the capacity building and financing required to enact change, are critical to address Scope 3 emissions. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.